Give me the beat, boy, to free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Oh, oh, yeah. Give me the beat, boy, to free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. No, that's not the one I want to sing. I want to sing, uh, my, my, Miss American Pie drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. The good old boys was drinking whiskey and wine, wine, rye, singing, this'll be the day that I die. This'll be the day that I die. What's another white boy classic? Sweet Caroline. Sweet Caroline, za, za, za. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, I've never smoked so good, so good, so good. <laughs> Sweet OG, za, za. Can I OG be za? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Cause I've never smoked so good, so good, so good. Yeah. <laughs> we talking about white people this morning. We smoked a Gucci OG. That's not. Mm. It's not. Go ahead and start the show. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, and good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Who Wake and Bake Will It Be Mo? Yeah. I'm your culture analyst correspondent, Bryant Bemo Brown. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Wake and Bake with Bemo. This is your chance to be updated and keep abreast of all the new print blueprints and all the happenings that's going on with blackness, through blackness, by blackness, from blackness, therefore, and so on. Today, we'll be talking about white folks. But before we move on, let's make sure we say good morning to the LED lights of my brown skin face. Okay, let's say good morning to the clippers of my shade up, shape up. Good morning, lady of the house. Good morning. How you feeling? Thanks for that. Doing all right? Yeah. How's your body? It's, it's cool. How's yours? It's good. It's good. It's good. But before we move on to more of the show, I want to give a huge shout out to the Washington Informer Bridge. Uh, definitely go check them out at WIBridgeDC.com or at WIBridgeDC on all social media platforms. Speaking of social media, if you're on my Instagram right now, make sure you pull up to YouTube so you can get the full screen of the situation. We'd love for you to be a part of the show in totality. I'm just using this Instagram to get your attention. I appreciate that slingshot video. What's up, sis? Good morning to you, by the way. Uh, if you are in the chat already, I need to make sure you're saying good morning to the lady of the house. It is a mandatory, you will not be allowed back in the space. I don't know if that's true, no, but no. I will frown on you for not saying good morning to the lady of the house. So make sure we're saying good morning to the lady of the house. Um, 
Also, before we get started, I want to make sure y'all go check out the Tell Her This podcast. My girl Rochelle right now doing Blues Week. Uh, make sure y'all go check out Rochelle's Tell Her This podcast as they get ready for season two, rearing up and getting ready to go start capturing some of those content. We're going to play a clip for you, and then we're going to get back to Wake and Wake with me, Mo Shababa. And there will be times where people know, like people within a family know I'm right, but no one will stand up for me. And at the end of the day, it's just like, they showed up like they always do. Anyway, disappointing. That really definitely hurt really bad. You know, I want your family to fight for you. I did. I thought that maybe somebody would. I will never lie about that. And that's what hurt. They did not. They did not. They never do. You're listening to the Tell Her This podcast, a storytelling podcast for women. Available now on all podcast platforms. Awesome, 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 awesome. Make sure y'all go check out the Tell Her This Podcast, uh, tellherthispodcast.com or Tell Her This Podcast. Tell Her This Pod on all social media platforms. Make sure you tell Rochelle that the good folks at Wake and Bake with BMO told you to go check out some of these fantastic women's stories. Okay, we have uh, one more thing. One more thing, sweetheart. Make sure also you go check out the new Blueprint Podcast. We got another parlor coming up very soon. The new Blueprint Podcast, excuse me, the new Blueprint Newsletter is your chance to read the written machination of this exiled revolutionary. Some of the things that we talk about here on the show, we expound on them on the new Blueprint Podcast newsletter last thing that we put up actually was the paul ropes and negro of the week for the land grant hbcus have been resilient enough to survive a 16 billion dollar funding 13 16 i forgot 13 billion dollar funding deficit uh and still have uh thrived and survived and some of them have even progressed throughout that deficit so definitely go check out the new blueprint newsletter be more brown put five dollars on it if you can if you cannot it's okay I can put you on scholarship or, um, you know what I'm saying, or just read the free versions. Either way, it's all good with me. All right, now that we've got all the shout-outs out the way, this morning we have a very interesting show for you this morning. It is Tuesday, so we have our Sweet Odds Black Fact. We're definitely going to get into that. We're going to talk about white minstrelsy and how that might be a clue to the first progressive steps of white people leaving white behind. We'll see. We'll check our governance social structure uh, progressionist list to see what that's like. And then we're also going to talk about uh, something that has been trending throughout black Twitter, something that is trending throughout the, the black atmosphere, and that is what the fuck is going on with DJ Envy? <laughs> we're going to take a deep analysis into black capitalism. I have not read the case file, so we're not going to talk about the legal scam, but we are going to talk about the cultural scam. Uh, so let's bef- let's get into the show. And sweetheart, I think the best way that we can start is if you hit us with the sweetheart's black fact. Okay, let's see. Sweetheart's black fact, black fact. Sweetheart's black fact. Ooh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is about the Civil War. Okay, let's get it. In the American Civil War, the Negro played a role similar to that of America in the last World War. That is, both provided a balance of power that brought victory to one side. Without the aid of the Negro, there might have been no United States now. Abraham Lincoln said four times that without the Negro, it would be impossible for the North to win. 
This statement is all the more striking since Lincoln, in response to popular prejudice, steadfastly refused at first to employ Negro troops, through this, though the South was doing so. Instead, he wanted to ship the Negroes away, and in 1862 had Congress devote $600,000 to send the first installment to the Ile de Vache in Haiti. The colony ended in disastrous failure, and Lincoln sent a ship for the surviving Negro deportees. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, that reminds me of there were two times where Alabama and Mississippi attempted to send uh, enslaved Africans back to Africa. Yeah. Alabama did it in the 1800s and then Mississippi did it in the 1900s. And the night, so the, the, the one that intrigues me the most, and if you're an international studies major, definitely correct me if I'm wrong. But the thing that interests me the most is the Mississippi and Africa uh, movement in which uh, the state of Mississippi funded and voted to send, I think it might have been 30,000 enslaved Africans back to Africa, but they sent them to what is now Liberia. Right. The problem with this is, is I think they passed this in 1919. Uh, and the problem with this is, is that they sent enslaved people back with the indoctrined mindset of colonialization. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so when they got to Liberia 20, 30 years later, that's when we first see the first Liberian civil war. And it's between the indigenous folks of Liberia and in aid with some of the colonized minds of African-Americans, also some of the colonizers of Africa at the time going against uh, some of the folks in Liberia calling that the Liberian first civil war. There have been two Liberian civil wars, if I'm not mistaken. Again, if you know about the international stuff better than me, definitely correct me if I'm wrong. I'd hate for Twitter to put up their little information bubble on there. Like, it's actually been three civil wars. Damn, Twitter. Now Elon Musk know more about Africa than I do. Um, I mean, he's African, so. <laughs> he is African. This is true. This is true, sweetheart. Um, so that's, that's an interesting fact that Lincoln felt like the Civil War would not have been won without the Negro, even though he still tried to ship the Negro away. Mm-hmm. And there is a, um, I know there is a modern connotation that Abe Lincoln freed the slaves or whatever the fuck the Emancipation Proclamation is. But when you talk to the actual scholars and academics about the history of Abraham Lincoln, he was just a regular racist white man like other, every other white man in 1860, you yeah. know. He just so happened to believe that in order to win his country, he also needed the enslaved labor and the enslaved bodies of black folks to do so. Mm-hmm. So I give Abraham Lincoln no pass, but it is very interesting that the war was tilted by the participation of black bodies because, you know, white boys can't never get shit done by themselves. Mm -hmm. And there's also a quote where it says, I can't find the direct quote right now, but he's oh, OK. Um, Abandon all posts now garrisoned by black men. Take the 150,000 men from our side and put them in the battlefield or cornfield against us, and we will be compelled to abandon the war in three weeks. So, <laughs> right. right, we're not fucking with these niggas, man. Right, right. these niggas is dangerous right. <laughs> and scary. Okay, right. well, I appreciate the sweetheart's black fact. Ooh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. Sometimes you got to root yourself back in history. You need the momentum of memory to carry you forward. So we appreciate you, sweetheart, for providing that black fact for us. From Carter G. Wilson himself, correct? 
I know. Okay, this one is not from Carter G. Woodson. My apologies. Twitter gonna tear me up today with the fact checking. Whoops, whoopsies. All right, let's do this, sweetheart. Let's let's talk about. I appreciate you telling me the sweetheart's black fact and the participation of black bodies in the Civil War to sway the results of the Civil War. I want to transition that into, what should we talk about next? Should we talk about DJ Envy and black capitalism or should we talk about the advent of white minstrelsy? Mm. I'm trying to think, can, can white minstrelsy segue into black capitalism? I don't know. I don't know either. So that's whatever you want to do. Oh, people are saying good morning. Good morning. Hey y'all. Good morning. Who who who, who said good morning? What people are there? <laughs> we got Chris Allen. He said good morning, gang. Good morning. Hey. I'm talking again now. <laughs> I wonder if will. <laughs> What's up, Chris? <laughs> uh, Natalie said good morning, lady of the house, coming in hot with the black fact. Hey, Natalie. come on, good morning, Natalie. How you feeling? And then Jordan said good morning, lady of the house, and BMO. Good morning. Good morning, Jordan. How you feeling? Hey. We feeling good. You know, you got to stay positive because for us, <laughs> <laughs> for us, <laughs> it's easier to go to jail than to go to college. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, you didn't give me a subject. Okay. We could, we could go to the, the white minstrelsy. White minstrelsy, sweetheart. In order to do so, I need you to pull up the governance structure progression list. You got it up? All right. So the, the thesis of season four of Wake and Bake with BMO, although we've kind of drifted off into some very black things, the thesis of season four of Wake and Bake with BMO is, or yeah, well, the big question I should say is, can we convince white people that they're not white? Can we get rid of this racial caste system by somehow convincing the other part of the part of the racial caste who has done no work? that they also have to liberate themselves in order for this whole race thing to dissolve. That's been the thesis, the big question of season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've shared with y'all before, I'm putting my proprietary information on the screen right now. I believe through tracking horror movies, advertisements, black trends, history, reading the 1619 project. I believe that you can track the progression of black folks in America through these categories to my people who have just, joined us on instagram my man carl what up carl autumn what up autumn labella what up god daughter come on over to youtube so you can see uh uh the the structure and the list that i got up on the screen right now but i believe that if you track the history of black folks in media and in in body in the on american soil uh uh past 1619 i believe that you can find a very easy pattern in which we had lived. And if if the racial caste system is built the same way that algebra is built, then what affects one side of the equation also affects the other side of the equation. That's how algebra works, right, sweetheart? That's how math works. That's how I'm going to say race works until I've been proven wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll figure it out, though. So I feel like the structure goes to the great before. That's whatever whatever black folks and Africans, what was we, Nubians and, and Negroes and what was the other one? Oh, I, just I forgot. We got all our three original names, right? And then some fucked up shit happened and part of us was enslaved. And then a part of that slavery comes the mimicry of slaves. So you a lot of people mimicking slave entertainment in order to get the black image out there. And then you have the mockery of the enslaved person, which is we're going to take some of the images of the enslaved people. We're going to put it onto our white or non-black bodies and imitate what black people look like. Mind you, I said that is the fourth stage 
the fourth stage of the governance structure progression chart that I call this is how we make our way to liberation after mockery go to segregation and tokenism and lead to dependence y'all niggas can read for the people who are listening definitely go check that out on the new blueprints newsletter I got this up already uh, I'm saying this to say uh, where we have thought where I have thought white people have done no work to liberate themselves from the racial caste system. Because I've asked the question before, is there a white Martin Luther King who's trying to convince white people that they need equity? Is there a white Medgar Evers? Mm -hmm. Is there even a white Rosa Parks? Is there a white Harriet Tubman? Like, are there white versions of the things that we have done to completely uh, liberate ourselves from this racial caste system? And the obvious answer would be no. You read a quote about Abraham Lincoln a second ago, but Abraham Lincoln loved slaves. He just said, put them niggas on my side of the war. <laughs> so is there a white person who was driving white people towards the liberation outside of the social, racial, caste system? And later in the house, I have an answer. Okay. I have an answer. But before I have an answer, I have to show you a video uh, of the first time that we saw, no, hold on, that's not what I want to do. I have an answer, sweetheart. I have an answer. I figured out who are the white people who are liberating white people from whiteness. I have found an example of mockery. I have found white people using the racial image of whiteness to mock themselves in order to put out an image of pro-whiteness. Does that make sense? <laughs> in other words, I found the white Harlem Globetrotters. Lay the house, play the Savannah Bananas number two. Number one, maybe. How did the Savannah number one. Bananas yeah, yeah, number make one. baseball fun again? It started off really bad. The team was millions of dollars in debt to the point where the owners had to sell their house to keep the team alive. That's when they changed their goal to start reinventing baseball. They didn't allow bunning, had a two hour time limit, and their players started doing all types of dances. Most importantly, a ticket only costs $20, which includes all you can eat food. Since they made these changes, the team has sold out every single game and has a wait list of 200,000 people. these white boys is twerking and dancing and doing all types of things but I feel like we should give them just do play the second clip sweetheart because in this video we'll see the whitest of the white which is the leader of the Bashery boys leading these Savannah Bananas go ahead So here's what's 
So here's what's interesting, interesting to me about the Savannah Bananas. If you look at the Savannah Bananas, they are doing white boy activity. They do Dirty Diana uh, dance routines. They sing along to Taylor Swift. They got the leader of the Backstreet Boys doing a sing-along with the crowd. It's all white boys on the team with maybe like one or two black folks in a Puerto Rican. They're doing all white boy things. They do like, you know how white boys like to play gay with each other. Yeah. They do the whole white boy play gay thing with each other. It's a very white experience over America's pastime, which is also has a very white history minus the Negro Leagues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I see these individuals, I'm essentially watching the white version of the Harlem Globetrotters, correct? Mm-hmm. And what's ex- what 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 what's interesting about that parallel is that the Harlem Globetrotters were started in the South Side of Chicago with all black players, owned by a white Jewish man, all to show in a very mockery, but still like respectful way of how black people play basketball. Mm-hmm. This is an entertaining aspect of how black people play basketball. They dribble between their legs, they shoot in funny ways, they mess with the ref. All these things are entertaining, but essentially they are mocking the behavior of black folks at the time. Right. Right? I remember Maurice said in our first new blueprint parlor, he said that when Gail Sayers uh, first entered the NFL and started shaking niggas and spinning around and juking niggas and making niggas lift, uh, niggas uh, break the ankles and shit, all the white boys were saying, that's unsportsmanlike. You're too good, you're too skilled, you're doing things that are that 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 abide by the rules, but they're not in the tradition in which we came up with the sport. We came up with the sport so we could bash heads together to see who was the strongest, not to see who was the swiftest and the fastest. Nigga, we know you the fastest. <laughs> but anyway, the Harlem Globetrotters, uh, began as a mockery effort to pay respect to how black folks played basketball. And at the time, black folks weren't allowed to play basketball in the National Basketball Association. They were only relegated to very black versions of the sport, the ABA, the Harlem Globetrotters Community Leagues, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So when I see the Savannah Bananas, a hundred years after the founding of the Harlem Globetrotters, I'm starting to think if white people are using versions of white culture, and I say that very loosely because I guess Backstreet Boys is white culture, but Backstreet Boys is a direct bite of new edition, so I don't know if that's really white culture. But anyway, you feel what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. If white people feel like they are mocking own, their own portions of white culture for entertainment at $20 a pop, them depression prices. <laughs> if white folks have begun the activity of mocking themselves, are they on the way to liberation? Hmm. Could the Savannah Bananas, out of all historical uh, uh, parallels, could the Savannah Bananas, replicas of the Harlem Globetrotters, could they be the first instance in which we see white people trying to separate from whiteness or at least try to mock whiteness so that they know it is a source of entertainment and not a source of knowledge? Hmm. I and I asked that. What you about to say? I was gonna say I don't know if they're there yet, but go ahead. I don't know if they're there yet either, right? Because this is this would be the second time that I've seen whiteface. This is this is white minstrelsy. I don't know if white people know that because they don't have the momentum of memory that we do, but this is white minstrelsy, mm-hmm. and we have seen whiteface only well two times before actually. Shout out to Marlon Wayans, one of the greatest to ever do it. <laughs> white face and white chicks. The other time we seen white face, play the video of the watermelon man, sweetheart. 
1970 film Watermelon Man is a total outlier What's up, in the mama? history of Hollywood. It tells the story of Jeff Gerber, a suburban white man who one day wakes up to discover that he has become black. The script, written by Herman Rauscher, was supposed to be a critique of white liberalism, but after Warner Brothers hired Gordon Parks and United Artists hired Ozzie Davis, Columbia Studios wanted to get in on the trend and hired director Melvin Van Peebles. Originally, actors Alan Arkin and Jack Lemmon were attached, but Melvin refused to work with a white actor in blackface and instead cast veteran actor and comedian Godfrey Cambridge as Jeff Gerber. In doing so, he made the first Hollywood film to feature a black actor in whiteface and directly critique whiteness as a social construct. Melvin pushed it even further with shots like these. Columbia was so freaked out about a white makeup artist applying makeup to Cambridge's body, they hired a black makeup artist instead. They became the first black makeup artist to ever work at the studio. In the original script, Jeff Gerber loses everything only to wake up white again and realize it was all a dream. Melvin thought that ending was total bullshit and wanted Jeff Gerber to stay black. He agreed to shoot the ending both ways and let the studio decide. When the editors only found the footage for Melvin's version, Melvin said, Oh, Lord of mercy, I done forgot. What'd you expect me to say? I didn't say, were you racist dogs? Do you think I'm gonna fall for that? He got the ending he wanted, with Jeff eventually becoming a black revolutionary, making Watermelon Man the first Hollywood film with an explicit message of black power. If you want to learn more, check out our Melvin Van Peebles series. Just search Behind the Slate wherever you get your podcasts. The Savannah Bananas are a dream of Melvin Van Peebles. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. That was 60 years ago. Right. We're going to watch that movie a little later on. It's for rent on YouTube, and I'll pay the $3. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay the $3, sir. But yeah, I just want, I wanted to put it in your face, sweetheart. I don't know if I want to nominate them for the... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I want to nominate them for the Paul Robeson Negroes of the Week, but I do find this very interesting that you and I in season four, we have been looking for white individuals who are leading white people out of whiteness. Before this, we only had Rachel Dolezal and Scott Adams. Adam Scott? Scott Adams. Whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> we had him, uh, Rachel Dolezal, Walter White, and now we got the Savannah Bananas. What are your thoughts, sweetheart? Are the Savannah Bananas gonna lead white people out of whiteness for $20 a pop? Oh, and they'll be, uh, this is not an ad, but they'll be at the uh, the Nationals Park this weekend for 20 bucks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on what they do with it, which I'm, I'm not sure if they <laughs> excuse me, plan on transitioning away from <laughs> whiteness or white supremacy. I think that I think that's pretty much their their MO is just minstrelsy. I mean, yeah, what, 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 did, what did we expect the Harlem Globetrotters to do for blackness? I feel like they were representation. They when, were representation, yeah. that's true. This is true, this is true. So is, are the Savannah Bananas part of the problem? Or do, or, or do they need to do a thing where they bring in an all black team to get their ass whooped? What, what do you Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Interesting. We got any comments? Um, Jordan says Melvin wasn't playing that shit. <laughs> Who? Melvin. Oh, no. Melvin wasn't playing that shit, man. Chris Allen said, hell nah. El Mayo. <laughs> Damn. So I'm living in fancy over here. <laughs> Damn. He said they can't win the PR. Uh, they Rose can't win the Paul Rose and Nico the week? Well, okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Hey, Drew. It's been a while. He said, good morning, be my lady of the house. Good morning, Drew. Hey. Good morning, man. Uh, we was watching one of your dumbass YouTube videos. What <laughs> videos was we seeing? 
Uh, that joint had me cracking up, man. Um, it was a thumbnail. Um, who was who was on the thumbnail? It was him and somebody else. Who was on that dumbass thumbnail? <laughs> oh my god, this shit has us cracking up in here, man. All right, if we don't have any more comments, so let's do this, sweetheart. I want the people to think about white minstrelsy some more. We're gonna leave the Instagram folks here. We're gonna come back with more blunt manifestations. So get your blunt manifestations ready. We're gonna have space by my girl Odd Mojo. Definitely leave a definitely leave a comment. If you can about the video, I definitely want to hear more about your thoughts on the Savannah Bananas. And we'll be right back with more. Who wake and bake we it be more? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, boy. <laughs> hey, yo, bro. Yeah, wake up. Where's my packages? Uh, it's in the back. Bro, you do this every time. Oh, shit. It's good, bro. It's so good to see you. Yo, it's been a minute. I know. Where you been? I know. What you been up to? I'm good, bro. I'm kind of tight because he keep fucking up my packages. Oh, Losing my them God. every week. You know how it be, yeah, over here. Yeah, it's always something with the concierge. Oh, my God, bro. It's all right, bro. You probably you eat know your shit, too, that she ordered. Exactly. The usual, the usual. But what's up, though? What's up with you? Going to that rooftop party. You going tomorrow? Oh, where? Oh, see. Oh no, I kinda I'm about to start writing some music. Mm, I'm in my okay, bio. I have a lot of thoughts about stuff. Okay, I feel what about you? You go. I just thought the anniversary for me and Davon's tomorrow. Uh, so we may slide or I don't know. Yeah, you on that cuffy shit. I you feel you. My um well, let me know. Hit me up and I'll, okay. I'll pull up with you if you go. You be off your solitude vibes. I don't you know. You know I'm always on my space vibes. I like my own space. Okay. Right now. But I'll let you know. I might, but I'm really thinking about writing some music. Okay. You want up? Yeah, I'm going to go up. Because he sucks. And okay. you lost my packages. Yeah. So, yeah. See, you know what? That's cool because that's exactly why I be eating your door dash. That's exactly why I eat your door dash. Wow. 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 <laughs> Yo, babe, look, look. <laughs> Yo, do you see this? TikTok is so wild. Like, <laughs> yo, wait, where you going, babe? Babe, where you going? Hey, hey, yo, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Yeah, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Yo, I need some space right now, I need some space, space Whoa, hey, whoa, hey, yeah I need some space right now, six feet away Get your own J, nigga I'm smoking on a personal, hey, oh And this is personal, whoa Be careful of the energy you project Sun telling me you don't really care Living life on the edge, nah I don't want that near, yo, they say Say a lot of things, but they don't really mean it. Hey, whoa, I can tell that you're feeling. Whoa, for my company, you wanna be all over me. Manipulate with Jack, no, I gotta protect my space. Hey, whoa, hey, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Yeah, I need some space right now. I need some space, space. Whoa. Get your own J. Smoking on the personal. Hey, and this is personal. Hey, yeah. I'm going on a trip. 
Need some space like Capricorn is. So please respect this. It don't got nothing to do with ya. I'm finding my bliss. Setting boundaries you cannot allow. I need some space. Right now, oh, right now. Get in touch with my life. Uh, it's a beautiful sight. Do you know that we celestial beings? We are all stars, yet we are not the same. Going tall from the plains, sprouting real high. Oh my, manifested from the skies. Oh yeah, my circle real small. Keep my family around me like we fast and fierce tall. Need some space around y'all. Yeah, I need some space around y'all. I need some space right now. I need some space. I need some space right now. I need some space. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of Who Wake and Make We Be Mo. Yeah. I want to thank Odd Mojo for letting us play the space music video directed and shot by my man Ken Dole. Wake and Bake will be one night. We appreciate you coming out of Colorado. We appreciate all the work that you did. This video is coming out of New York City itself, though. Shout out to Relly Rel and Odd Mojo. Make sure you go check that out on all streaming platforms and wherever you watch your music videos, which I think this one is just particularly on YouTube. And when you see Odd Mojo, tell her Bimo Brown said, what up? Welcome back to the show. We about to get into our blunt manifestations, but I think we have some comments on the video, sweetheart. Well, it's not on the video actually, but Okay, we got some comments. <laughs> um Yeah, prior to the break, Jordan said maybe the Island Boys referring to Nah, the white boys <laughs> who might save us. Yeah, yeah right. the Island Boys. <laughs> Drew says a new Mario game called Super Mario Bros. Wonder <laughs> dropped and I've been churning out content. That's hilarious. What's up? It's called Super Mario Bros. Wonder, which is why Stevie Wonder was on the... Ah, right. got it. Right. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, He also said, I'm supposed to get Spider-Man 2 today. At some point, you should talk about black representation and interpretations in video games. There's a mild criticism in Spider-Man 2 because Miles Morales is a black Puerto Rican, but they put the Cuban flag in his bedroom by mistake. Yeah, I saw that. That's crazy. I saw that. I saw that. And then, yeah. And he said, aside from his hair, there's a mild controversy with Miles Morales as he's... Oh, well, you just put it again because they weren't showing up on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Um. We might have to throw that in the mix too because that's a that is an interesting thing that I saw when I was when I I watched the Spider Man game. Yeah. And Miles was supposed to be black in in Puerto Rican. Yeah. I ain't man. He wasn't very black. Right. Um. But I don't know what you were supposed to do with that. I don't know if they're supposed to over over hype his blackness, give him black lips, make him wear Tim's, I don't know. In what ways they would be more black to the ditty point of like 
labeling him black might have been a marginalizing point. But actually, you know what I'm really thinking about right now? What's up? I'm really thinking about how I cut off the Great British Break Off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm gonna be honest with you, Trader, I don't know if I'm gonna watch it again. Um, cause we, this is so stupid, and I feel so stupid for talking about this. Uh, in the previous seasons, we kind of noticed a pattern that the brown and black folks always exited prematurely in our eyes. Yeah, it's like they were always overcharged for their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the first episode of this season's British Bake Off, and I know this is so stupid, we talking about the British Bake Off, a fucking reality TV show in Britain that probably shot months ago. Um, but the black dude got eliminated off the first episode, mm-hmm. but he got second in the technical. Right. And, there and were, I, huh? There were people far worse than him. Far worse. There was a dude who couldn't make buttercream several times. Uh, but yet he was allowed to move on and move past his mistakes. But the black dude whose final cake was just dry, mm-hmm. they got rid of him. And I said before they voted, if they vote off the black dude, this is a racist show, and they voted off the black dude, and then we started watching the second episode, and I just couldn't pay attention no more. See, I was <laughs> I was trying to hold out hope that somehow they would bring him back, on, <laughs> because they, they've done that before, but I don't know why I'm expecting... <laughs> I don't know, it really, it really pissed me off. It's just, and it's the... It's the when I do these DEI reports, like one of the things that brands are looking for that's gold to brands is this black loyalty, this like brand loyalty that black folks have. And and I feel like brands get that wrong. They think the brand loyalty is just because we're loyal to particular brands because we're stubborn. No, it's more so like these brands have demonstrated that they are safe for us to use. Therefore, we continue to use them until somebody comes out with a better product. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. British Bake Off really pissed me off. <laughs> I didn't think it pissed me off that much until we were watching the second episode and I was like, I don't even watch this no more. I, I'm good. I'm good. I'd rather just watch fucking Babish fuck up than to see this casual colorism and racism happen on my screen. Anyway, it's blunt manifestation time, sweetheart. <laughs> Drew said, you know British people don't use spices. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Look at all that pillaging. <laughs> all that pillaging. Didn't learn how to use one spice. Uh, blunt manifestations. Today, actually, I have to respond to a pretty big opportunity. I actually thought about not doing the show this morning for a long time so that I could respond, so I could put my energy towards that uh, response to that opportunity. So I want to manifest some focus and clarity and well-written sentences. Uh, the older I get, the better I am at analyzing my own writing. Uh, so I want my writing to be clear and enjoyable without being standoffish and too bold. And then also, you know, strength, courage, and wisdom. We were manifesting a car, and it seems like that might happen. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, right. It's like the, you know. Not only is the divine listening, but the wake and bake will be when ice is listening as well. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> um, shout out to y'all. Yeah, shout out to y'all. Shout out to y'all. I don't know if she wants us to put our business out in the street, but no, we appreciate don't you. it. <laughs> don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. <laughs> uh, what you manifesting, sweetheart? Um, yeah, I'm manifesting clarity. Um, boldness. Boldness. Bovity. Bovity. <laughs> There's a lot of yeah, a lot of changes coming up. So 
and it is a little overwhelming, a bit scary, because this is new territory. Mm -hmm. But these are well-deserved things, especially since <laughs> we've been down bad for so long. So uh, I think I'm trying to manifest um, knowing that I and we deserve the things that are coming to us. Yeah. You know, positivity, happiness, right. all of that. Abundance. To what? Abundance. Abundance. Gotcha. Yeah. What do Wake and Bake with people nice? Are they manifesting? Okay, so Drew says, Blunt Manifestation, have a good 35th birthday next week. Mm -hmm. Hey. 35 bro <laughs> Drew you on the line I um uh I have begun I know you said you might start incorporating these things into like your set but I've actually begun to write some of the stories that happened in slow hall when I was um listening to Jada talk about her book Unworthy and in the interview she said she felt like she didn't have enough of a story to write and I think about uh, Drew is the slow at the same time as me exact same time mm -hmm. all three years um, when I think about my time in slow and we lived on opposite sides of slow so I'm pretty sure we have completely different stories Drew was not on the stroll team but I started to write the story of the stroll team and recognize that to be such a rich story kind of like a a cool runnings meets revenge of the nerds meets uh the little giants like a the story of lovable losers yeah. um so as we're manifesting I want to I want to continue to have more clarity and bravery to tell those stories because those are some good stories, man. Some great stories. All right, let's do this, though. See, right. Oh, we got some more. Oh, what we got? Uh, Jordan says, manifest safety in D.C. These murders and robberies are terrorizing let's folks. Let's get out of here, yeah, man. Facts. Please. I had a homegirl who saw the video of the people getting robbed at the wharf. And she asked, if I ran, you think they would have shot me? And I responded to her, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I think these niggas who robbed in the middle of daylight in one of the most popular parts in town and a car that they just stole definitely would have shot you over the $20 in your pocket. Craziness. So I'm saying that to say, if you find yourself in a situation, give it up. Mm -hmm. Give it up, baby. Give it up. You'll be returned back to you. I know this. Right. Your life will not go. Right. Um, Chris Allen says, manifesting completing my project this week and a November 1st rollout start, follow through. Let's get it. I love that. Let's get it. Jordan says, slow dub E. Um, Slowed up. They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. Slow kids at play. They don't know. Uh, Drew says, blunt manifestation. I get my own show and base it on my time at Howard called The Real HU. It there covers it my slow experience, general HBCU experience, and coming of age for different characters. <sighs> I want it to be a combination of a different world and community. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that too. That too. Mm -hmm. Man. Ah. Uh, God, slow haul, man. Slow haul. No longer. But man. Right. And Jordan said no face, no case. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. Okay, let's do this, sweetheart. We don't know black manifestations. Mm -hmm. Uh we have a, a maybe a controversial uh nominee for the Paul Rose Negro of the Week. <laughs> We'll find out on Thursday to if they've be been officially nominated. <laughs> right, they're the slow luxury apartments now. They're the slow luxury apartments. Right. That's right. Remember when the remember remember when the building next door was the was the crack house? Yeah. Man, what a time! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, uh, let's do this. There is something else I want to talk about that has been trending throughout the black sphere, uh, not Jada. It is this thing that is happening with DJ Envy. DJ Envy has been a, accused of being part of a Ponzi scheme that is a real estate scam uh, that his business partner, Caesar has, I believe, been arrested for. Um, but that's not what I want to talk about. That's not what I want to talk about. I remember there's a former friend of mine that I have. There's a former friend of mine that I have. What a statement. I had a friend. This friend and I used to get into like very loud debates about the ethics of buying other people's debt or uh, paying off somebody's tax bill, like that loophole where you can pay off somebody's property tax and own their house. This friend of mine thought that it was a genius idea and had begun the process of doing those things. Is this who I think it is? Yeah, it's true. And And when I told him, yo, that's evil, like that's evil. He was like, I don't understand. Like it's it's capitalism. Like you buy somebody's house, they couldn't keep up with it. Why can't I buy it? Well, uh, and and we talked about this before. As it comes to the law, like there are certain things that are legal. There are certain things that are allowed under capitalism. But like that doesn't mean that we should be participating in it. Mm-hmm. And I have a the overall question that we've been asking all four seasons of the Wake and Bake with BMO is what are we supposed to do with these niggas with money? What are we supposed to do with niggas who have access to capital who could change the rules of capitalism even just for a little bit to make things easier for the community but instead choose to do the opposite? Play the black capitalism thing for me real quick, sweetheart. Have you ever thought about living in a tiny home community? Well, if so, welcome to South Park Cottages, the very first black developed tiny home community within the United States located right here in Atlanta, Georgia. Let's go check it out. What I want to point people to is the tiny homes, they look beautiful. And you and I laid in the house and you and I, Wake and Bake would be nice. We have talked about how tiny homes is really just a rebranding of trailer parks. Mm-hmm. And if you have a tiny home community, you have a trailer park. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the reason why they're a rebrand of trailer parks is that the average tiny home cost between thirty and $60,000. This is supposed to be a smaller, more efficient, more financially sustainable way of living. Mm-hmm. If you look at the bottom of this video, this man in this black community selling these tiny homes that have been painted black with modern architecture is selling these tiny homes for one hundred dollars to $240,000. That is the price of homes in Atlanta. But yet this man, this 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 black man is using the aesthetic, the culture of blackness, song choice, mm-hmm. architecture style, luxury living mm-hmm. and low pricing to attract black folks to a bad real estate deal. 
the average tiny home is thirty to sixty thousand dollars, and he was starting his at one ninety. Right. That's six times, right? Six times thirty is one eighty. That's six times plus ten grand. They are trying to sell these homes at a markup that is ridiculous, and they are calling this, sweetheart. They are calling this a function of black capitalism. To which I feel disrespected. Like if you put black in front of something, don't you mean anti? What you're doing is not black capitalism. What you're doing is white facing, black faced capitalism. You're black facing capitalism. Right. You the Savannah Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Uh, okay, so to further illustrate that point in using DJ Envy, we see that DJ Envy is doing a very particular thing around real estate that is being called fraudulent and a Ponzi scheme. But as with the theme of this show, I don't want to talk about the law. I don't want to talk about the policy. I want to talk about the culture of the thing. If you can, sweetheart, play the DJ Envy clip. It should come up. It should be the last one, maybe. It should come up with him talking. I don't know. Well, do stu- yeah. No, not with Dame. Not with Dame. Not don't get got. Okay, do that one. Yeah, yeah. This was a three-family, two-bedroom. We could only bring eight hundred dollar rent roll each floor, which is not that much money. If we decided to extend it, if you go back there, you see we extended it. Now with the extension, we decided to make it from a two-bedroom to a four-bedroom. So now from eight hundred, it goes to eighteen hundred a month. face that the reason why he's starting this program is so that he can inspire generational wealth from his community how am I going to be generationally wealthy if I'm paying mortgage prices for a two bedroom apartment in a two bedroom house right and they're calling this black capitalism no this is just capitalism with a black face right so when Jay-Z asks what's wrong with the word capitalism, what's wrong with the word capitalism is you got three people a two, in a two-bedroom home living in a two-bedroom apartment. You got eight people living in one house and you calling it prosperity. Right. 
when you could have taught each one of these individual people with the $1,800, you can go buy the house next door. But instead, you're going to buy the house next door. You're going to buy the lot next door. You're going to fill up the space next door with studio apartments behind the house so that you can legally justify charging $1,800 for somebody to have a two-bedroom apartment and a two-house, and a two-house, two-bedroom house. Right. So... What capitalism, what they're saying black capitalism really is, sweetheart, is play the, play the quit, don't get gotten. What they're saying is something that's been, you see the viral clip that's happening on, on X and on social media. It's like all the ways that DJ Envy has incriminated himself. Here's one, here's one version. Diabolical. 
Lastly, I want to bring out Dame Dash just to make sure he finished the read a uh, uh, DJ Envy. DJ Envy might be the blue face. <laughs> might be getting Absolutely. nominated. That might be honest, man. DJ I Envy. Seen that, I have seen that first video. I didn't know he was directly like, oh, so we going to extend it and then put five families in. Like, I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> You put it together, man. It's not the it's not the crime. It's not the crime against the law I'm worried about. It's DJ Envy is violating black liberation. Right. You got my... Look, man, I don't even know about the Ponzi scheme, which I'm hearing people from the Ponzi scheme, they putting up kids' college funds because they talking about 20 or 30% returns on homes and shit, but they not getting a damn thing. They done lost their money. I'm not talking about the Ponzi scheme. I'm talking about I'm paying $1,800 a month right. in rent. To you, to this small ass place where I can barely fucking breathe in Patterson, New Jersey, because you want to make money. Mm-hmm. Because you, Offset, Tommy Davidson, and seven people at iHeart want to make money, I got to pay too much rent. I don't get respected. I don't get a home. I don't get taught these lessons. I get manipulated from my ignorance. When they ask the question, what if niggas is dumb, you know what DJ Envy said? Manipulate them. Right. Not teach them, fool them. Not raise them. Deceive them. Not appreciate them. I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't expecting to give an early nomination this morning. <laughs> but DJ Envy, you might get the Clarence Thomas, Tory Lanez, Blue Face Bitch Nigga of the Moment Award. This is diabolical. And you ain't break not one law. And if I don't want to hear now one response about I'm sorry I broke the law, I'm sorry I was with this individual, that's what that's not what I'm charging you of right now. Evil, evil capitalism. Right. Black fake. You know what we said we was gonna do, sweetheart? What? You know what we said we was gonna do? We're gonna start calling people what they are. <laughs> You're white. <laughs> you did some white shit and now you're doing white things. You're already light skinned. You think most light skinned people run towards the dark side, but your ass. <laughs> Dame Dash, finish me off, man. Probably like, look, y'all, I'm popping tags. That's all. What's the problem? Why are you offended? I'm not offended. I don't know. I, I, Why waste the snapping? No, it's no problem. It's about we have no, we have a different taste level. I, we have different. You different like a opinions. boss? I don't. It's not a matter about having a boss. You yes, it is. In my matter, it is. It doesn't matter to you. In me, it does. Because I have enough investments. I don't. I don't investments. You don't own nothing. You don't own nothing. Investments. You sound smart to somebody dumb. You know what I'm saying? You got a boss. You sound so You have a boss. What are y'all no, arguing listen, about? Give me a favor, though. You talk and you in the mix of this know. conversation, you do your don't tell me then. I sound stupid you because now you're disrespecting stupid. me. No, you're telling me I sound stupid. Okay, did I say it was stupid? If I did, I'm sorry. But did I say you sound stupid? Yes. Sound smart to somebody dumb. <laughs> I'm so disappointed in you, DJ Andrew. I'm so disappointed in you, DJ Envy. But that means there'll be two slots on the Breakfast Club, and maybe we can get in, sweetheart. What you think? <laughs> what you want to do? <laughs> what you want to do? You got it, sweetheart. We got any comments? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so I did notice that a couple of them didn't show up on YouTube, but I can see them on here. Okay. So they they might have been a little too spicy. <laughs> um... Let me go back. Chris says, DJ Envious, 
Mm. Loving Rick Ross's commentary. Jordan said, what can I say? Hampton's finest. Oh. <laughs> Drew said, paying someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Let it out. The- Hang out the window. <laughs> <laughs> Drew said, paying someone else's debt is literally the basis of Christianity. Chris said. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow. Evil. (laughs) Chris says scamming to Erica is wicked. (laughs) Oh, it is wicked. Talking about Erica talking about getting away. You talking about selling these six time overpriced tiny homes. Goofy and did not get away. Drew said, you can buy a tiny home from Lowe's for $4,000. That's what I'm saying. Granted, you we may can have go to-, to the Home Depot right now. Literally. And he said, granted, you may have to buy the land you put it on for a higher price. That's fine, but. <laughs> they put them tiny homes on like two lots. That's two lots of land. I don't even know if that's Somewhere in. Right. Uh, Jordan says. He says inspire, but he means extract generational wealth. Exactly. Uh, Natalie says it makes me sick. Chris says she spanked him. Talking about um, Yeah, she was like, <laughs> you making money off the home, <laughs> but you're not making money off the home. <laughs> uh, Jordan says, I don't know what we expect from a Hampton Knight named Envy. <laughs> <laughs> Let it rain. Drew says that's big time slumlord activity. But really, it is. Though, it is, though. Mm-hmm. Chris says Rick Ross is going to check him, gang. Rick, uh, LMAO, Ross ain't weeping in the dark. <laughs> LMAO, he'll probably <laughs> pay for the tenants to show at the hearing. This nigga would do that. <laughs> right. I got you a flight <laughs> with some wings on it. <laughs> you got to have them wings. <laughs> yeah. I got you. I got everybody a flight. Come come to the airport by nine o'clock. <laughs> Rick Ross. Got you a new suit. <laughs> Wants you to look nice. <laughs> I love Rick Ross. I don't give a fuck what I'm right. say. <laughs> Jordan says he went Drake and packed them all in like some sardines. In fact. That's crazy. Drew says we need a class on business ethics as well as financial literacy. Black learn, get rich or die trying, but never consider consequences. Exactly. Right. Exactly. But we've been, that's, that's what makes it so evil to me mm-hmm. is that like we all know that we all don't know. Right. We all walk around. Those of us who are aware of financial literacy, how to get on, how capitalism works, we're all walking around with this knowledge knowing that the majority of us don't know. Exactly. And it's to me, it's much more than ethics because like, we see this shit happening all the time. Like, I feel like we live in a big ass version of what DJ Envy is doing. <laughs> that's what I feel. That's all this is. Right. <laughs> and we go to some of these places that we're trying to move into. And yeah, they done split up a big ass house into five different family homes, mm-hmm. two bedroom apartments. Got six people living in the basement separated by fucking doors and walls. Right. So like, yeah, we see it all the time. We know that's something that people do, but like, is it something that we should do? 
it seems especially evil when you are black and you bear bound you bear down on black ignorance for your own profit that's very white that's very white Mm -mm. and then these didn't show up but jordan says you worse because you're using the blackness as a gimmick to scam your own people where they Mm. do that at exactly and then apparently in patterson new jersey right apparently on the breakfast club (laughs) right and then Drew says, black capitalism equals exploiting black people in their fina- financial vulnerability. This is when I got to talk to an economist. Because, like, I don't want to go there. What are your thoughts, we are? <laughs> what, that's, what that's our last comments. I was I was about to build a financial uh, economic system, but oh, okay. I got to save my brain power. <laughs> I got to save my brain power. Okay, so I'll ask you. I'll ask you. You can ask me this question. I want, I want a toughie. I want a hard one. I want the burning question. <laughs> For Roach. I'm not going to give the world more than I give you. Come on now. I need to lady to the house cam just now. The way she just looked at me was like, nigga, please. <laughs> We talked about the Savannah Bananas and <laughs> this white minstrelsy. Okay. I'm telling y'all, man, I'm very impressed. <laughs> okay. We'll see what happens on Thursday. Okay, I'll ask you something about that. Will minstrelsy save us? Since we're we're trying to I think we're trying to transition to racelessness, right? I don't know. I don't know. We'll, I don't we'll, know. We'll leave but, the speculative future to okay. the speculative future. Right, right, right. Okay. Will would you say? Will minstrelsy, would it save us? Like, would that... Funny. Put here's a funny story. Playing field, I guess. Here's a, here's a funny tie. Here's a funny tie. Uh, look, here, look, look, look. Uh, when I uh, uh, was doing research for YouTube, mm-hmm. we had an inquiry to track the trend of the chicken head in the heel toe. Okay, so the heel toe, we all know what the heel toe looks like, right? So I tried to find the dance etymology of the heel toe, right? Tracked it back to house music in Chicago, 1970s, happy feet, through the happy feet dance movement, right? Yeah. Easy. Then I tried to track the chicken head, which I know the chicken head to come from this dance called the Montessori in... St. Louis. Mm. Um, so I'm tracking it. I'm tracking it. And wait, hold on. Did I get it backwards? I'm sorry. I got it backwards. Montessori tracked that back to St. Louis in the 70s. It's now known as the chicken head. The heel toe I was trying to track got it all the way back to 1970s Chicago until 1970s Chicago house music said that they pulled from uh, some of the early Jackson Five foot movement and James Brown's movements, right? Mm-hmm. And which, if you trace that back, that goes back to tap dancing, which comes out of vaudeville, and the black vaudeville was known as blackface. Well. It is those were minstrel shows, vaude black vaudeville shows, late eighteen hundreds, late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. 
is the minstrel shows that we're talking about, the minstrel shows that you're talking about. Yeah. Um, the heel toe, a ride from a polka dance that was popular in the late 1870s. Mm-hmm. Black folks saw the polka dance and were making fun of white people dancing cornerly. Wow. And it looked like <laughs> the heel toe. And then... White folks saw black people mocking white people doing the polka dance and started doing it. That polka dance started to look like what we would call the heel toe. Mm -hmm. So to a certain, and we were investigating this heel toe because there were creators who were making hundreds of thousands of dollars just by doing heel toe uh, um, tutorials on YouTube. So to the question of will minstrelsy save us? This minstrel ass dance is still going on. It's still happening and it's still making niggas money. Will that money liberate those niggas? Absolutely not. We know that now. (laughs) I guess it depends on what you do with that momentum of memory. Because you could coon. You could. Or you could create a a music genre Mm -hmm. that becomes worldwide popular. And then you put that joint on to a Nelly song. Like, you know what I'm saying? You could do that too. Right. <laughs> it could be a cultural phenomenon. It could be a dance move that cannot be trademarked, impossible to track. I had to put all these things together as if I was writing a fucking research paper. Wow. <clears throat> Might have to refine that and put that up on a new blueprint. Because it's, it's kind of crazy when you see the, when you, when you draw the line between how niggas been moving their feet in a very particular pattern. And of course, there is no YouTube for 1890. You know what I'm saying? I can't see it directly mm-hmm. if it was the heel toe, but the foot pattern movement derived, you can see the line straight through Mistress. You can see it. So will Mistress save us? I don't know, but it might interest, it might introduce us to a new atmosphere. It's kind of how like when we watch Nathan for you and he has really dumbass ideas and then he does them, but then it gives you another idea. Yeah. It's kind of like the first wrong step. True. I don't think if people, I don't think as a society, as a culture, as a human race, we know how to jump 10 steps from having a problem to having an antidote immediately. I think we are more progressive in that way. So it might be the first wrong step. The first wrong step for man, the biggest Wrong step for mankind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well said, sweetheart. Huh? Yeah? Well said. Okay, for sure. Um, we got that, any comments? Yeah, we do. Okay. Uh, Drew says, ain't nothing new under the sun. I need to read up on Dr. Carr's lesson of the Congo Cosmogram because time really is cyclical in certain aspects. Yeah. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. yeah. We're all doing the same thing over and over again, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's where I'm getting that momentum of memory from. You know, you know that Dr. Carr shit. Yeah. You know that shit. What did we expect from a Hampton night? (laughs) 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 All right, y'all. Well, we appreciate y'all for watching another episode of Awake and Bake with B Mo. Yeah, make sure y'all go check out the new new the new Blueprint newsletter. Uh, Definitely got some things on there you want to check out. The written machination of this exiled revolutionary. Some of the things we talk about on the show, we. Uh, we kind of build them out and, and write about them more fully on the new Blueprint newsletter. Definitely go check that out. Uh, definitely listen to the Tell Her This podcast my girl, Rochelle. Rochelle, hey. Um, and then, yeah, I think that's about it. 
Oh yeah, check out the podcast where you listen to your podcast. Always check out the instant replay right here on Instagram, not Instagram, right here on YouTube, X and Facebook. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, we will see y'all on Thursday. All right, I'm gonna leave you with my man Detroit Rivers. You know what it is. Be easy, cause you know for us. <laughs> Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Don't let this feeling slip away. Yes, it is. Yeah, happy feelings. Breaking Beverly, you may not be amazed. Find yourself, learn your joys and pain. Live your voice and sing. The sounds in your heart, but you read about a thing. And don't forget your lyrics. This is a reminder of joy every time you hear it. Just to this joy. Smile, you get weary. Contagious, won't you share it?